Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's a gorilla of destiny. A bullet club OG. Continuing on the legacy of the most feared name in all of wrestling. From Tonga to Japan to America, you are now entering Tamas Island with your host, the babyface heel, Tama Tonga. All right, guys, welcome to TI. I'm your host, Tama Tonga, with Ross Berman and Karen, Sensei Karen. What is going on, guys? Whew, I am coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan. It is G1 season. I've just had my first match. We're going to get into that. But we're going to talk about what's been going on on the first week of the G1. Climax 32. Let's go, Ross, man. I know you're up with the news. What is going on? Karen, we're going to hear your thoughts. What went down, man? What's going on? What have, been, what have I been missing in American wrestling right now? What, what have you been missing in American wrestling? Yeah, have I... <laughs> there's there's Any, plenty there's plenty going on in american wrestling uh we i, I don't know if you know this but uh my, right right after uh aew finished up the uh what are we calling it the big forbidden door month of of build we are now at post forbidden door we're on the build to death before dishonor the roh pay-per-view that's coming up and so that's been the focus of uh aew they've had some a, let's call it a controversial barbed wire death match uh, last night as we're recording this on uh, on AEW Dynamite. Also, what else is going on in the wrestling world? There's WWE is still under investigation with folks from the Wall Street Journal saying that there is more stories to come, uh, which I'm assuming are going to be pretty serious because this past Monday night, Titus O'Neil showed up randomly at the start of Raw to declare WWE a safe haven and kick off the show. So they're clearly getting out in front of something. I don't know what, but that's kind of the vibe that's coming from this past Monday on uh, on Raw. And obviously lots more, but I think that's a good place to start because oh. I, I feel a little bit for Titus O'Neil, you know? Cause he's I didn't even like, know he was still there. What was the last time he was on TV? He, go, he comes on TV from time to time. He doesn't really wrestle for them much anymore, but he's very much a... Uh, a goodwill ambassador, I think, is his official title. Okay. And so he goes to the charity events. He shows up sometimes when they're like given awards to the Susan G. Komen Foundation or whatever, stuff like that. But they decided that this past Monday they were going to pull him on out to be to uh, essentially tell everyone that WWE is a safe haven. This is a great place. There's nothing wrong with WWE. Everything's great in WWE. Let's have fun at Monday Night Raw. Essentially kind of forcing Titus to be the, the face of of the company's good news. Like they're, they're bringing their goodwill ambassadorship within the company now. Um, it's a it's a weird situation, but it makes you feel for Titus because like, like he has no part in this. He's not named in the allegations. He wasn't paying hush money to anyone, but he's got to come out there and say how nice everything's going right now. Hey, hey he's not getting paid hush money, but he's getting paid though by WWE oh, yeah. to come up and uh, 
tell everybody to hush though right absolutely i mean yeah he's 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 earning his will as a he's earning his keep as a goodwill ambassador let's put it put it that way i don't know karen did you see the the titus o'neill moment before raw i watched it back and you know what as much as I, I mean, it, it sucks for him. Like mm-hmm. he got put in exceptionally hard place and he's now in recent years, he's more known for being like, in, not in charge, but associated with all the philanthropy and, you know, community building and things that WWE does. I don't think it was fair that they put him in that position when literally two weeks ago, they were trotting out the number one suspect on TV as if it was business as usual without taking away his, you know, actual duties related to the television production. So Titus is a saint. He's our patron saint of wrestling right now. And he deserves much better than this. It, it does kind of feel like he's like the, um, he's like the representation of the locker room. Cause like the entire locker room has to kind of deal with what Vince is going through right now. Cause he's a very public figurehead of WWE. And so it does kind of feel like Titus is like, he's, He's the face of everyone who has to just kind of put their nose to the grindstone and, and keep going to work every single week while this is well all of this is going on while this dark cloud hangs over the company. It's a uh, it he's I I I hope he's getting the respect from the locker room that he deserves for that kind of thing. Like it's like you said, he's earning his keep, he's earning his money. Um, yeah, definitely, man. I, I've seen his stuff on social media. That's all I've been able to keep up. Mm-hmm. How I've been able to keep up with him was through like. A lot of goodwill stuff i just didn't know he was still in wwe because i hadn't seen him in so long but i mean cool i mean that's yeah i thought wwe right now they got to pull out all the stops man they got to figure out a way to climb out and yep. i mean what do you guys think the end game is going to be for this even if he does get charged what i mean uh, do you think anything will happen? Well, and, and here's where I do have to kind of jump in because oh, it's not a, this isn't a criminal investigation. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah. this isn't a criminal right. investigation. You know, this isn't like case right. of guilty or not guilty. It's 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 okay. what it, okay. it's, so, it's very that's guilty. not the right word. Yeah. <laughs> He's right. so, so so it's an investigation, right? Yep. So what happens when they find out whatever? What I mean, what do you think is gonna it's, happen? It's going to depend, well, because WWE is a publicly traded company, so it's all going to depend on how this affects WWE's bottom line. Uh, Like a good example is the stock has not reached the heights it was at right before the Wall Street Journal um, story broke. So clearly the stock has taken a hit through this. I think putting Stephanie McMahon as the interim CEO and chairwoman while Vince is still running the creative direction is a it's a kind of way to sit on the fence and say, all right, let's see how the investigation harms our bottom line before we just straight up start throwing out the baby with the bathwater and and firing Vince McMahon, who, whether you like him or hate him, he's the guy that has created everything that like everything has to go through him. And so losing him does kind of, it takes away a very important cog in the WWE machine. And it feels, it feels like they're kind of waiting to see what this does to the value, what this does to the company. Um, if that makes any sense, and okay. I think you think he's uh, you think they're gonna fire him? I mean, if if something comes out, I I don't, I don't think that could happen. I don't think he gets I don't think he gets full blown fired. I think the board and Vince McMahon come to an agreement where he steps away, he transitions out of creative, while having someone who can maybe take over for him because Stephanie's already interim CEO and chairwoman. According to everything I've heard from backstage reports, she's everyone loves her. 
They've been putting out a lot of real good PR on the WWE corporate uh, Twitters of stuff like, look how great it is to specifically work in WWE's legal department, which is where some of these issues uh, first arose. And also look how great it is to work in WWE in general. And so clearly Stephanie has, it's clearly people like Stephanie, clearly people in, in important areas feel that Stephanie has done a good job or could do a good job as chairwoman. I think it's going to come down to whether Vince can step away from creative or not. He's already stepped away from corporate. I could also see him being like, I'm old enough that I don't want to do all this corporate stuff anymore. I'll, I'll just retire gracefully. Um, WWE saves face, Vince saves face, but they also get the, for lack of a better word, they get the problem out of the locker room. They get the problem out of backstage. Um, I don't know. I Yeah, go ahead. The frustrating thing is that if they were taking this inquiry seriously, he would not have gone on TV twice. He would not, he would have been relieved of all duties. He would not still be in charge of creative. They're, they're kind of like saying they're doing their most without doing their most. And as a longtime fan, it's very frustrating to see. The thing is that I'm, I'm glad that, you know, they have Stephanie because they can, you know, she, and now is could be the heir apparent to Vince by taking over the company. Should this get blown even further out of proportion or, you know, more and more information comes out. The most frustrating thing is that unless, and this is what like the biggest conversation is, unless a female talent, a current female talent or multiple female talents or male talents, if unless somebody who's currently on the active roster comes out and says that something happened to them, and, you know, the, like the networks are like, all right, well, if, if, if it's, it's still going on, if this is still a thing, if the networks start pulling money, if the spon ad sponsors start pulling revenue and it starts hitting the bottom line, I think that's when it'll become something more. It's so frustrating to see that there it's not that he, well, he might get away with it. And that's, and, you know, as a fan, it's just everybody that works there deserves better he needs to retire bottom line well i think karen brings up a very good point that it needs to be someone on the active roster because there is this line that comes out whenever anyone who's outside of wwe who used to work there says anything bad about them whether it's allegations or whether it's just i didn't like catering people immediately say Oh, well, you're bitter. Oh, well, you know, you just, you, you wish you were still working there. Yada, you're trying to make a, you're trying to stir the shit and get your name out there. An active talent would be someone that I think people couldn't deny. It, it would be, it would be someone that people couldn't be like, oh, well, she's, I mean, I, I guess you could maybe form the argument that she's trying, that the, the talent is trying to get a release, but it, it feels like the kind of thing that would be something sponsors specifically couldn't say no to something because usa and fox those are the two guys who make more decisions on the board of directors right now if they're happy everyone's happy if the saudi government's happy it, everyone's that's how happy. it is like it's just that's the reality it's just mm, yeah Ooh, that's a hard one huh yeah what, what, what do you do <laughs> i want to see the outcome i'm waiting let's go i'm with you because that's the thing is we, we keep talking about getting away with it or not getting away with it from a legal standpoint he already got away with it that's the point of ndas that's the point of uh non-disclosure agreements is it's a way to say that we're just not going to talk about this and you that's it don't get me wrong sometimes it's easier to throw something throw money at a problem if you're innocent sometimes some you're guilty who knows but it 
once you sign the NDA, it, it's over. It doesn't it from a legal standpoint? It doesn't matter. This is all just the board of directors deciding if we don't handle this properly, and Vince McMahon continues to affect the value like he has. Like I said, the stock still hasn't recovered. They are technically in violation of securities laws because it is their job as a publicly traded company to, no matter what, whether it's Vince McMahon or God himself, they have to make sure that the bottom line isn't effective. Their duty is to the shareholders and no one else, which is why if, if USA says no more, they'll say no more. If Fox says no more, they'll say no more. But it's, it's got to be someone that actually has control of the purse strings. Just can't mess with the money, man. As long as the money ain't dented. That's yeah. it, huh? All right. Oof. Tough. Yeah. Hey, another controversy. Barbed wire. What's going on with that? Tell Ooh. me all about this barbed wire. The AE- Controversial. AEW decided that in a, a nice bit of brand partnership with uh, T- Warner uh, Brothers Discovery and the Shark Week uh, annual event, let's call it that, that's going on, they had a barbed wire everywhere match. I believe it was barbed wire everywhere death match was the exact name of the stipulation. There was barbed wire on the ring ropes. There was barbed wire on the like the guardrails. There was barbed wire on Justin Roberts' microphone. Like everything that could possibly have barbed wire had barbed wire. The Jericho Appreciation Society was suspended in a shark cage. Uh, it was Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho, a blow off to a feud that has been going on for about several months now. For Jericho Kingston, that's one of the that's one of the big long term feuds they've been doing. And look, there were a lot of run-ins for most of the match. Your mileage will vary on that, but Jericho beat Kingston. Kingston recovered and got like a modicum of revenge on Chris Jericho. And overall, people just feel it was it was too much. It was overbooked. It was it 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 was more of a, a wet fart than an actual uh, like big pop for for the finale. It's and it and because of AEW's history with death matches, it kind of exacerbates that pattern we saw after the explosion death match between Omega and Moxley and some of the other. Uh, I, I believe the first blood and guts match comes to mind. It, it it seems that people are starting to get a little bit fed up with the stipulations in AEW and the way that that sometimes it can undermine uh, uh, the finish. I know, Karen. What what do you think of of barbed wire death match? <laughs> It's, you know, when I think of death matches, I think of what I've seen in Japan. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, people are like losing eyes and like have like bodies covered with scars. And this is the, the TV friendly diet version of that. Yep. But but we've we've been going back and forth with Mox and Eddie Kingston for like, like, what was it? Revolution? I could have swore I saw them wrestle at Revolution. They, re- they wrestled at like Revolution and like Mox and... Mox and Kingston have their own kind of storyline going with Jericho and Kingston. It's like, I, I, it, it feels a little secondary to the fact that like Moxley's hanging out with the Blackpool combat clubs, the fact that Kingston hates Claudio, but it's, it's like this third, uh, tier kind of feud right now. Yeah. But literally blood and guts is like what? Three weeks before. Yep. Like there's, and then anarchy in it, the re- arena before that. Don't forget that. And the, the, it, the it, they're just doing too much in too little of a time frame. They're not letting anything breathe. They're suffocating everything, and it just feels like more of the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I mean, if I'm if I'm talking personally about the match, I felt it was too goofy. 
Like if it's a death match and it's barbed wire and it's blood and guts, I shouldn't be able to like put the Benny Hill soundtrack over it and kind of be like, oh, look. And then, then another guy comes in and then they're running around the ring. And then yeah. Tay Conti is trying to unlock the shark cage. That's Jericho appreciation. Why wasn't she locked in? Isn't her and Sammy Guevara part of that? Uh, they, she is, they are, but they weren't in the shark cage. Take on well, that's tried... just poor planning on their part. I'm sorry. I... Well, but here's wait, the wait, thing. Wait, is... wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. Hold on. All right. So, so Sammy is Sammy's in, in uh, Jericho appreciation. And because yep. Take Conti is tied to, so they weren't in a cage. Was Sammy in a cage? No, Sammy was also one of the run ins that got to happen. But ha- here's the best part of the cage. Tay Conti was supposed to unlock the cage, let the Jericho Appreciation Society out. She fumbled with the key. The key didn't work. And so the Jericho Appreciation Society were just like, well, the, the, the whole space between the bars is big enough that we can just kind of slide our way out. And so they completely oh, undercut no. the shark tank in the name of getting out of there. And so that even <laughs> even the like with the branding, the, even the co-branded part of it didn't quite go the way that I feel like it should have gone. Like the whole thing didn't make Shark Week look better. Let's put it that way. Um, and you had one job with the keys. Yeah, and one, one job. job. <laughs> and and like it feels it feels like the Shark Tank. It feels like the Shark Cage. You don't even have to let Jericho pre. Just let them hang out up there. Like yes, it it played into the finish, but it felt like undermining the Shark Cage was the real like. That was that was the cherry on top of what was already getting of becoming a very goofy match, and it just couldn't recover from them revealing that like, oh, we were just hanging out in the shark cage. We could have gotten out whenever we wanted. <laughs> look, oh, look, whoop! I can slide right through. Uh, like it, it, it was too goofy for a match that's supposed to make me afraid that two guys are gonna bleed to death. You know, and that's a dissonance that eventually your brain just checks out on. I just think I had no interest in it just because we had blood and guts less than three weeks ago. That is also like, a good they, point. They just bled all over the place a few weeks ago. Like, why Why is this happening again? It just, I, yeah. And, and especially uh, with the um, number of injuries they've got right now, it does kind of feel like, do, yeah. do we need to keep doing the dangerous matches when you've got a champion? To, yeah, CM Punk's on the shelf, Danielson's on the shelf because of one of these stipulation matches. Uh, Cole's on the, like, they've got so many guys that are, are hurt right now. And he's not back yet. Yep it's uh, but that, that seems like okay so the i don't watch AEW on uh mm-hmm. regularly but uh but it seems like there's always uh uh like some kind of stipulation that involves blood that there's yep. always like now is that becoming too much can you overplay that card yes absolutely it's it's, it's go ahead it's Sorry. not original anymore like I feel like Moxley right. sneezes and he starts bleeding from like four places on his head. Like it's not that yeah. was the, that was the thing about like you know in a match where you know color, color. mattered. It was you 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 had a build up, but like like literally every other week, so, someone's bleeding during a match, and it's just not. It just makes it look like it's an unsafe workplace, and I know it's not. Let me say that for it's not an unsafe workplace, but it just it it loses the appeal and the shock factor when you do it so often. And I and I I'm going to admit I'm kind of a, I'm a, I'm kind of a sick person I'm one of those people that's like you know what throw on as much blood as possible <laughs> even I am kind of getting to the point where I'm like there's there's other stuff you can do besides blood especially when especially when you, they put so much emphasis on the Blackpool Combat Club which their whole thing is like some things are more dangerous than a chair a hold is more dangerous than you know a, a punch if you do it right 
but mm-hmm. they have seemed to really stick with the punching and the brawling and the, the, the weapons, despite the fact that they have this combat evolved faction is almost like the center of their program. It's, it, it feels, it feels like it, it's a way to, to keep things from being too decisive because it does involve Jericho a lot. It is the kind of thing where it feels like it's, it's starting to become a pattern with specifically Jericho that you have these big stipulation matches instead of him having a, a for lack of a better term, a blow off with whoever he's feuding with. It just feels uh, a lot like, like every match I've seen of Jericho's in New Japan and what every time Moxley has a match in New Japan lately because of like they're always they're always bleeding or you know even for this match in particular Jericho brought back the, the pain maker which he used against Tanahashi mm-hmm. at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago like he brought the character back because like it's not new it's not like Tanahashi wasn't covered in blood when he fought Jericho he just you know dove off a, through a table like I just, I just don't, I just don't. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel special anymore. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. I will. I, I think we talked about this before, though. I'll get to you, Ross, real quick. Yeah. I felt like we talked about this a year ago, when blood, there was so much blood, and I'm like, man, they're playing this bag of tricks so many times already. I say, you, you're starting off. I, I get that you're trying to pull all these fans in right away to see a product, and you got to keep it hot. And that's the problem with, with being a new company is your old, okay, you got to keep the viewers and you're trying to top every single time you try to top your viewers. But then you keep doing these bag of tricks with the same kind of people. It, it, it's like, okay, are they building stars anymore? Besides- no, no, they're we'll, not. We'll get that to that a little bit. But <laughs> I, well, you know, it, it seems like it's the same guys and then whoever they pick up the star from somewhere else, they put them right to the top. And so like, are we seeing now we've talked about this again are we seeing wcw all over again is this another or am i i don't want to say that it is but i'm just asking a question i'm i'm kind of you're the i'm kind of inclined to agree just because so much of this so much of aew feels like a reaction to wwe because what Mm. i was the question i was going to pose is how much of this is Jericho and Moxley and a lot of the bleeders in the company are ex-WWE guys. How much of it is them, you know, thinking this is what adds to a match and how much of it is just them being like, I can finally bleed. I, no one's going to stop the momentum of the match because we've got TVP, yada, yada, yada. Like in WWE, even if you got accidentally cut, they, everything would grind to a halt. And people have talked about how kind of frustrating it can get. And so there is part of me that's like, it, it feels like it's indicative of the fact that in the way that, Moxley bleeds now because he couldn't in WWE. It feels like a lot of those a lot of those reactions to WWE are becoming pillars of AEW as opposed to just kind of fun reactions, you know. And then once once you're no longer reacting to WWE, that doesn't leave you with a lot to stand on. It's it can it can really fall apart. Like if WWE if if WWE starts doing blood and it, you know, they pull back on the reins a little bit so that blood matters. AEW is not going to have that gun in their holster anymore. If WWE goes to the point where, you know, they start using more new Starks, I think you do make a point of it doesn't feel like a lot of the the newer guys are getting ahead. I saw that was Ricky Starks at one point was was moving on up, right? Besides yep. MJF, there was Ricky Starks. There was, uh, I, I think I just saw Jungle Boy. He's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, Darby Allen is, is, I think he's, he's already there 
Um, but I, where, okay, where, where is Darby? I don't know. He lost to, he, yeah, he had a match. Yeah. With I know he's with Sting still kind of sort yeah. of, but where has he? He beat, uh, he beat, he beat, him and Brody King had a match yesterday. And it does feel like Darby, okay. Darby is one of the few young guys who gets to fight other young guys, but he's not in the world title picture. He's not even in the TNT title picture anymore, despite the fact that that's kind of the belt where like he made his bones. Maybe he starts going mm-hmm. for the Atlantic title, but it doesn't, it feels like even if he's the proof that they can make a star, it doesn't feel like he's proof that they can maintain a star right now. Uh, Cause the let's, let's look at the okay. people that AEW's made. You got Darby Allen, who we just addressed jungle boy, who I think is getting there, but a, he's dealing with an injury and B he keeps falling into feuding with the young bucks. Now he's feuding with Christian. Now he, he, he doesn't, He's, he might be on the way up, but he's in that situation with Dar- he's in the same position Darby was like a couple years ago where all of this could go away the minute they decide that someone new needs to be in the title picture. Um, Ricky Starks has been st- is spinning his wheels with the FTW title like I have no other way to describe what he's doing in Team Taz other than just kind of in a holding pattern until they have something anything for him and MJF is missing. So that those are the new stars that AEW has made. The rest are all WWE guys who got a new spotlight, got a new coat of paint. And yes, they are new characters or they're old characters, but they're not new stars. They're What's not your fresh take faces. on Wardlow then? Uh, he's got the, about to ask that. he's got the TNT title. Maybe he'll be fine, but he's still recovering from the fact that his big moment was stepped on by MJF throwing a temper tantrum. And yeah. so like I I'm not even ready to say they've made a star in Wardlow yet. They're they, they could be there. Who knows? Maybe the streak will light some light a fire under him. But right now he's still recovering from the last time they yeah. they screwed him over, um, like that. And, and but that like another good example, Dante Martin. What's he? Remember like last year when he was all over the pandemic shows? Now yeah. he's just gone. Um, who else has that happened? Powerhouse Hobbs used to be somebody. Now he just stands behind Ricky Starks. Uh, like this is, it it keeps happening. And now you've got Ring of Honor, which you would think, oh, it's time for some some new faces to enter in Ring of Honor. But Ring of Honor is Gresham from the old Ring of Honor. It's Claudio from the old Ring of Honor. It's Jay Lethal from the old, it's all the old stuff that Ring of Honor used to do. They're not making any new stars in there. They're not making new stars in AEW. Maybe they're making new stars on Dark, but I don't know if enough people are watching Dark for that to count. I, it, that's 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 the, the state of AEW's new talent. I don't know, Karen, did I miss anything? No, well, I mean, they do also have uh, DDT's Konosuke Takeshita, and I yes. don't know, like, he's going back to Japan, I believe, middle of August till the end of September to do a couple of show dates with DDT, and then he's going to come back from finish off the rest of his, like, planned year, so I guess until maybe March or April. Okay. But it's one of those things where he's having amazing matches, but half of them are on dark or on dark elevation. So it's just like they, and a lot, they're having a lot of great people on those shows, yeah. but they're not giving like Emmy Sakura has more matches on AEW dark and elevation than she does on TV. Yeah. And it, it's, and it's just so frustrating to watch. And they now, yeah, they have ring of honor. I feel like they're taking all of the people that they, they they want to do something with eventually, like maybe AEW in like three to, like a three to five year plan. But they're gonna just like shovel them all over to Ring of Honor and let them work with all you know all the veterans, especially if uh, 
I want to say that there was a discussion or about Colt Cabana taking over mm-hmm. Ring of Honor or Chris Hero working with them or whatever. Like that whole like the old school, the old Ring of Honor is basically going to f- help forge the new version of Ring of Honor, yep. Ring of Honor 2.0, if you will. Um, but I do want to kind of address uh, uh, Takeshita tech- uh, because I think Takeshita is doing a great job in America, but. I think the, I, I, I keep hearing people saying that this 10 year veteran should win rookie of the year. And mm-hmm. that I think there's a perception problem that AEW has is they are presenting someone who is not a rookie and don't get me wrong. He's still a young guy. He's still probably got plenty of yeah, room ahead of him, but to call, but it's, he's a little, he's a little old to call him a rookie. And so they need to really be presenting him as that legitimate threat as opposed to just the shiny new toy that like Tony was watching DDT one day and was like, I like him. What they're doing is they're doing the WWE thing and not acknowledging actually how important he was in DDT. He was their top champion. But Karen, I'm told this is the I'm told this is the company that honors the other uh, canon of other wrestling companies. I'm told, but and just, hell, they have but, a partnership with DDT. They should know this guy. <laughs> I mean, you know that. I know that. Tama knows that. But the problem is, is that they're 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 good at saying it, but they're not like. If he was the top champion in DDT, he should not be losing as much as he is in AEW. Yeah, he should have already. I mean, he just got here in April, but why isn't he in the, a program for the, the FTW championship or the TNT ta- championship? Or, you know, like why, why, I, I, I mean, yeah, he fought Mox and they had a great match, but fighting, you know, the, the interim champion. And I know I'm going to get a lot of DDT stands after me for this one. It, it's great, but he needs to, he need. I need him to feel more like he's important, but I need him to feel like, I want him to feel like Wardlow, like, unstoppable but yeah here's here's my issue amazing here's my issue though is if ddt if he's from if he's supposed to be the representative of ddt and he's been in ddt for 10 years he's this established veteran he is a top guy of ddt like it's not a stretch to call him that how Correct. does the rest of the company look to aew viewers if they see one of the top guys and go oh well he's a rookie and then they try and start getting into DDT and everyone else is kind of, I mean, you know, if he's one of the top guys, a lot of the guys are going to be in that range or older. A lot and of so, them are older than him. Yeah. And so it's, <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it is giving DDT the spotlight that they think it is. I don't think it's Correct. making them look like the major league promotion that it did when they did, I don't know, a co-promoted show with New Japan where people would just show up and JR would be like, oh my god, everyone's most important person in the world except for apparently Takeshita. Well, and um, that was the other problem is that, you know, they've had this partnership with DDT from day one because, you know, Michael Nakazawa, who you know works with Kenny, he came over from DDT to go and like work at AEW. Mm-hmm. But then the conversation is whenever somebody gets signed with AEW, when they say, I want to work Japan, I want to work for Japan equals new Japan. And it completely overlooks the fact that they have a, they've had a standing partnership with a Japanese promotion that has their women, their, the, that send over women from their fe- women's promotion that they have access to Noah. They have mm-hmm. access to like multiple promotions but they don't, again, it, it, it's like AEW is reaping all the benefits by getting all the biggest talent, but they're not elevating the companies that they're coming from enough. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're also not elevating 
themselves enough. Because like, I don't know. I I I have I really hope that whoever is in charge of TBS and TNT at Warner is a huge wrestling fan because the past two months of AEW have been New Japan and Ring of Honor. And if I signed up for AEW, there is I I I have to wonder if at what point do they have to tell Tony Khan no on Ring of Honor just to make sure that the program starts actually focusing on the company they signed on with. You know what I mean? Because if Correct. don't get me wrong, I think it's a major coup for wrestling if Tony Khan gets the AEW time slot and makes it a show that's got NJPW, it's got ROH, it's got DDT, it's it's the entire world of wrestling, but it it's the kind of thing that you have to be like a, a pretty hardcore wrestling fan to understand what he's going for, and I don't see the Warner Brothers executives quite getting it. You know what well, I mean? It's at the detriment of the own AEW roster at this point, because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are getting pushed to the bottom of the car, or getting pushed onto Dark, or getting pushed onto Ring of Honor. They're not the ones in the spotlight anymore. Yeah. You know, you're right. I mean, hell, a good example of that is uh, Ricky Starks this past Wednesday. He did a, a challenge for the FTW title. No one from the AEW roster answered the, t- the challenge. You know who answered the challenge? Cole Carter, the former two dimes from NXT, because he got fired from NXT, was in the news cycle for a little bit, and they went, all right, let's put him over literally everyone in our, our company. So he went out there. Yeah, he lost to Starks, and it, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, it, they made him look like a world champion, but they have way too many people in that locker room to be like, yeah, let's bring in two dimes because people are talking about him. You know, like they need to actually commit to the people they've signed. Because in that, if they're not doing that, they're exactly like WWE. They're just more of the same. They're bringing in hot talent and burying their roster. They're like they're cutting off their nose just to spite their face. Like it's not, it's not a good look. They're supposed to be different. That was the 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 thing. That's why they left New Japan in the first place to establish AEW because they wanted to mm-hmm. make it different, and it's not anymore. Yep. I remember the slogan: "Change the world." Doesn't yep. look very different from the world. Not anymore. No. If I was gonna yeah. say, because like I think I, I now that we are just about a month removed from Forbidden Door, I st- I still feel like that did more for New Japan than it did for AEW. You know what I mean? Because like yep. it feels like Tony Khan went this company that was started as a splinter group from New Japan. We we really need we need New Japan back in a in a sort of way. Because like. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There were so many like diehard AEW fans that like it even kind of made them go like, oh yeah, I, I was I, I did like New Japan at one point before I you know got swept up in the whole thing. And don't get me wrong, people can watch as much wrestling as they want, but there is it it does kind of feel like it feels like the world is returning to the the pre AEW world than it is a post AEW. It just feels like AEW has figured out their corner and they're they're trying to keep their position in that corner. It doesn't feel like it's getting bigger unless I mean, hell I could be wrong maybe ring of honor will get a, a tv deal but it just it doesn't feel like it's getting bigger it just feels now, like it's getting more crowded now with ring of honor now are we are you guys are the fans what is it your what's your preference are you looking for a roh 2.0 oh 
or looking for a new ROH? Do you want the old ROH made up by the old guard? Yeah. Or do you want something new, something just different? I Personally, I want something new. Like, I, I think that... I think that a lot of what worked about Ring of Honor has been adapted by other companies since then. And so I don't, I don't see a lot, I don't see a lot of reason to, to kind of go back to the old Ring of Honor. And I feel like, especially if it's this, if it's not a promotion that has to stand on its own right now, if it's a promotion that is, it, that is basically like this little brother to AEW now, take the risks, gamble on this, these, this event, gamble on how people are going to, you know, feel about I, I mean who knows maybe maybe Jonathan Gresham beats Claudio but it I like I I want to see Jonathan Gresham versus Lee Moriarty in a pay-per-view main event they're at the they're at the Lowell uh, Auditorium where they usually do these Ring of Honor shows it's only about 3,000 folks it's not like he has to sell out a 10,000 seat arena just take a chance on somebody anybody because right now we got Claudio versus Jonathan Gresham. You've got Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. You've got a lot of folks that if they were going to make it work for Ring of Honor, it would have worked by now. I, I don't know how to put it softer than that. Um, like if they if if Jay Lethal as as Ring of Honor television champion was the kind of thing that was going to light the world on fire, it would have lit the world on fire in 2014 when Jay Lethal was the Ring of Honor television champion. If Jonathan Gresham as the ROH champion is going to light the world on fire, it would have before the company closed down. Like that, that's the thing is, and yes, they closed down because of the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, they weren't exactly in a position where you could be like, oh, this is a mega train to the stars. Like they had to work to maintain that position. And I don't feel like the work is being done right now. I don't, I feel like it just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of going in circles. I want to hear what Karen, Karen? has to yeah. say. What's up, All Karen? Right. So I know you don't watch Glate, Tama, but one of the things that they have is they have the, the UWFI fighting rules mm-hmm. format. Ring of, and that's unique to their company right now. Very few other places do it. Um, occasionally like stardom had like one match for two very specific athletes in their locker room but a lot of places don't do it ring of honor has the pure division if ring of honor can take if they're going to in- insist on ha- having you know the the old ring of honor plus the really old ring of honor work with the really really new people if they can find that perfect storm that makes it like black and gold nxt where the focus is on wrestling and you know training people that are newer to wrestling that, you know, that, you know, actually making people technically sound and good, solid wrestlers that can feed into AEW eventually, or be, become their own standalone brand. Who knows? But if they can, I mean, you have Regal right there. Like the man has all of the secrets (laughs) and I know he's doing the Blackpool combat club, but I need ring of honor to be, if it's going to be part of AEW, then it has to be treated consistently like part of AEW. If it's going to be a separate entity, they need to be willing to break off certain parts of the eight current AEW roster and put them into Ring of Honor for the time being. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's, again, the same thing where now they have you know Ring of Honor, but they're stuffing all the former WWE guys into it because they all originated in Ring of Honor before they went to WWE. 
So it's like, they're coming home, but I need them to come home and do like community service. Kind of like, you know, how Tanahashi's serving L's in the G1 to people that I really don't think he should be losing to, but that's a different story. But it's, it's the, they need to start focusing on the next iteration of Ring of Honor and not rely solely on the people who have carried that company on their backs for the last couple of decades. And I, I do want to jump in here because it is a, it, I think Karen's point is a good place to bring up that the current state of Ring of Honor right now isn't a wrestling promotion. They are still technically a pitch. Because Tony Khan is trying to get Ring of Honor involved. Maybe it's with Warner Media. Maybe it's somewhere else. But he wants them to have a TV deal to the point where if you're a subscriber to Honor Club, Ring of Honor streaming service, it used to be by paying $9.99 a month, you had access to Honor Club and literally every pay-per-view was free to you. They have decided so that for, mad death, about this. for death before dishonor, that is no longer the case. And I have a feeling it's because they need to prove that people want to buy the show, that they're not just, you know, living off of existing uh, communication, existing subscribers. And so that's the one place where it, it feels like we, we don't even know what Ring of Honor is yet. It's just Tony Khan loading in as much exciting stuff as possible because he hopes that maybe he can get that hour on TBS or TNT or wherever Warner Media can slot it. And so it's not even a promotion. It's just it's it's still just a pitch right now. And as a pitch, it feels it, it feels almost right. It feels like it's almost there, but I don't, but it's like Karen said, since we don't know what that new ring of honor is, it doesn't, it can't really fulfill that promise as it is. What is the price point for death before dishonor? How much are they wanting to charge people for it? I want to say it's $40. See, but then that's the problem. You're, you're, you're putting the cart before the horse. And this is unfortunately the same reason why people pirate the stardom feed because it's a pay-per-view that they run a pay-per-view seemingly monthly or multiple times a month. Not everybody has that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And you're, a- you're asking your fan base too, too much to put that much money forward when you don't know what you're offering them mm-hmm. or you know what you're offering them, but they don't know what they're, what they're buying into. Because, yep. you know, even for me, for Forbidden Door, $50 was a big ask, yep. a very big ask. And I was still kind of like, mm, I don't know if I want to pay for this. So it's it's going to be a very hard sell for them moving forward if they're taking like that was the one reason why I liked having Honor Club because I could watch mm-hmm. the pay per views. That's why I don't you know I don't use Impact Plus because they also have that same structure where you have to pay for the pay per views separately. Mm-hmm. Peacock, I mean, it's four dollars, and I get all I get WrestleMania for free. You don't just get like, WrestleMania. You get the whole thing. Like it's, the, but that's, but it's that's so the thing is that I get yeah. every single one of the WWE pay-per-views that I don't watch. It's all included. Like it's, it's for as much money as they're putting into Ring of Honor and to AEW, they should not be charging their fans this much. I know that fans will pay it, but not every fan can afford that. Do we though? Because like Supercard of Honor, you could still get it for, I remember I got that through my Honor Club subscription. I don't believe I paid for that. And so but are you going to lose access to it now that you're that they're changing the structure? That's the problem. We, yes. No. And I, I agree with that. But that's the thing is now is I feel like because they're forcing people to pay for it, they're taking a bigger gamble than they would have if they just did the show and been like, look, we didn't lose any subscribers. Clearly, the Ring of Honor fan base is fine with whatever this new iteration is. But they don't but they know that they already have the Ring of Honor fan base with whatever AEW is doing. And so I think they need to prove an extra value to Warner Media 
And I think that's where they're kind of coming up short right now because it doesn't feel yeah. like an extra value. It just feels like a distraction from the road to all out. Because after Death Before Dishonor, we got a month till another pay-per-view. And then we probably got another, like it, it feels like things are snowballing in a way that is not sustainable. The thing about the Ring of Honor fan base is they are very savvy. They are very, very, they know what they like and they know what they don't like. And they're very vocal about it. So changing, I can guarantee you that changing this structure to what they're wanting to make it into, it's not going to fly for a lot of them. Yeah. So they're, they're risking losing the original, you know, the group of people that kept the lights on from a fan perspective mm-hmm. that kept touting the company. And it's, it's, I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem like it might be good business, but it's not the fan experience that we were promised. Yeah. That's well, supposed and, to be different. And I, I'm I, going with this. Yeah, no, and I, I, I completely agree with you. I think no better example of that than the fact that when we sat down for happy hour with the Thomas Island subscribers, shout out to everyone who subscribes over at patreon.com backslash Thomas Island. Uh, I went into it saying, oh, they've only announced these championship matches. The card was like five matches long. And I was like, it'll be a, an economical show. I compared it to like an NXT takeover from the glory days. And come today's press conference with Tony Khan, he's like, yeah, we're going to announce a bunch more matches during Rampage tonight. Like, we've only announced the championship matches, but we're going to load this up. It's going to be the same length as any other AEW ROH pay-per-view. And so they're not even providing a different pay-per-view experience. It's still going to be the same too much of too much that happened at Forbidden Door and that happened at uh, Double or Nothing and that has been a worrying trend with AEW's pay-per-views. Interesting. Wait, no, no, no. AEW has, um, they got Wednesday, they got, what's the Friday night show? That's Rampage. Rampage, right? So you got Dynamite, Rampage, and you got Dark. Dark got and Dark shows. Elevation. They have two YouTube channels, or YouTube shows, Dark and yep. Dark Elevation. Mondays okay. and Tuesdays, I think. Yep. An so hour what's each. The pur- what's the purpose of those two shows? The, I don't know. Is that just, is that like, the the original That's a good question. The original <laughs> I, I'll, I I can I can give the, the the company answer. The original pitch for Dark was we need to get a lot of these young independent talent reps in front of a TV crowd without s- subjecting them to the pressures of live TV, and so it was seen as like a compromised developmental show and it is still to the most part used that way. It just doesn't it doesn't feel like a lot of the Dark success transfers to AEW's main programming. Sometimes the guy will show up because they have a winning streak, but very rarely do you see someone show up from dark due to a winning streak and then they keep that winning streak going. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, it's kind of like where they're building the enhancement right now. But the problem is, is that like they have a lot of the women's matches are on dark and dark elevation. Tony Storm, Nyla Rose, a former, uh, you know, AEW women's champion, Emmy Sakura, that's, I could go on. That's they, why they, I, that's why, no, and, and Takeshi does as well. That's why I, I said it was, on there and I'm like, that's why I said it was the company pitch. I don't agree with it. It hasn't been how that show's been in a long time, but that's yeah. what they originally said. And then the build to Forbidden Door, they had the LA Dojo guys on there and they, you know, they've been working either in the indies or with Shibata for the last four and a half, five years. Like they're not, they're not, they don't, those are guys that don't need reps. They've been in the Tokyo Dome for Christ's sake. Yep. Yep. Um, no, sorry, and now, I'm getting I'm getting fired up. No, you're you're, you're <laughs> I like when Karen gets fired up. And, let, me, let me see more fired up, Karen. Yeah, because because and, and just to kind of stir that fire a little bit more, Karen, Ooh. like what is the point of Ring of Honor if they've got all of like I still don't understand outside of overflow what the 
actual point of Ring of Honor is, especially when you've got Dark, especially when you got Dark it, Elevation. You got Rampage. I feel like it's an, I, I don't want to put it this way, but I feel like it's a nostalgia vanity project. Yep. I agree with you. I think it feels And like I hate saying very loaded things like that, but it's just like, I mean, I love a lot of the wrestlers that are working on Ring of Honor and have worked on Ring of Honor, but I'm just like, what are you doing with them? Like, yep. do more. Like, if, they're, if you're going to build it into a show that you eventually want to pitch for TV, why don't they have a YouTube series? I mean, you already got two other YouTube series. Why, why aren't you doing the same thing with Ring of Honor? It's, yeah, and, and again, I don't know the actual rights issues. Maybe they, they can't. I don't know. But it, it, uh, it does feel like right now we're getting – it feels like a lot of AEW television isn't directed at the audience anymore. It feels like it's directed at the Warner executives. Like that, that's, yeah. that was the MJF promo after Double or Nothing where he was like, I'm the number two draw or whatever in this entire company. When people watch the show, the ratings line goes up, yada, yada. Like it, it's not stuff that connects with me on an emotional level. It connects with me as someone who has to do the news desk at Wrestling Inc. every, every day. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm keeping track with the news cycle. And MJF is right. He did the stats don't lie, yada, yada, yada. But I don't, I, 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 I it, this is a medium that is supposed to get you on that visceral level. That's, that's why blood used to work is because you see blood and you're like, oh, I, I can't help but not care about this. A man is bleeding in front of me right now. Yeah. It, it triggers a survival instinct. Whereas now AEW is very much like it, it, their whole point is to hook you on that intellectual, on that slightly more intellectual level than I think wrestling needs to be, or at least if you're going to do it at that level, you got to also give us the gut stuff. You got to give us the the heart stuff or else it's all just, it's all just going to be up here. It's all just going to be mustard. It's all just going to be at, like acid and too much, too much go into the head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's, that's the situation in, in AEW. Yeah. Like I said, death before dishonor is on Saturday. They are announcing a bunch more matches the night before. Um <laughs> All right, let's move on before we get too much acid in the head. All Absolutely. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else is going on. Oh, Ric Flair finally has opponents. <laughs> Ric Flair's final match. He's he is teaming with his son-in-law Andrade to take on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, so that is going to be what's going down the night after uh, SummerSlam. Karen's already burying her face in her hands, which is why, like, I kind of just want I, I kind of wanted to hear her right away what she thinks. I think it's cute, man. I yeah. think it's cute, like a little bunny that he's teaming up with his son-in-law. Son-in-law, yeah. Like, he's, he's pretty <laughs> much guaranteed Charlotte's going to be there. This is a family. It was put together by one of his other son-in-laws. Like, this is a family <laughs> event. This is... Oh, <laughs> go, go ahead, Karen. It's, it's more of the medical rich. emergency standpoint of concerns that I have, such as, you know, yep. turning off one's pacemaker and not taking one's blood pr- pressure medication. Knowing that if you chop someone across the chest, it's like hitting a self-destruct button. It just, I, I just. Here's here's, uh, here's how I, I will here's how I will uh, put in my, I can because no, if anyone that's listened to this podcast and especially if you've been in the happy hours knows I'm concerned about Ric Flair, but the two opponents that he's got right now. One is Jay Lethal, the guy who trained him for his in-ring return. And so if anyone knows Flair's current limits, not, oh, what could Flair do five, ten, who knows what Flair could do right now, it's Lethal. Jeff Jarrett, not exactly a dangerous uh, man in the, you know what I mean? Like he, from what I understand, he's a very solid hand in the ring. And then you've also got Andrade there to provide some, like it, 
it feels balanced. I feel like it will, it won't, it hopefully won't be the grim night that everyone keeps saying it will be. And the, the, the addition of these opponents kind of makes me go, okay, you know, the, he's in capable hands. He's in safe hands. So take Shibata's return at Wrestle Kingdom, take that, mm. yeah, that comfort level or uncomfort level or discomfort level and turn it up to like 15. Cause that's where I'm at right yeah. now. No, I, I mean, and what I hate, what I hate about it is that the whole card looks so good. Like there's yeah. so many good matches on it, but I'm just like, I'm just pr- praying for the best and preparing for the worst. Honestly, like I just, I just, uh, I'm gonna, it's, I'm not gonna enjoy watching it, but I'm gonna watch it probably. Oh yeah, no, I've, already, I've already ordered it. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to anyone. I've already, I've already paid the money. I'm, I'm gonna be watching <sighs> the night after SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, it, it feels, it feels like it's, it's gonna be people that'll, that'll take care of Rick. And also, if we're gonna bring Shibata into this. I'm kind of going into the end of 2022 with Shibata versus Narita as my match of the year. Cause yeah, it was tense at the moment, but now that we're through it and he's healthy, hell yeah, that was an amazing moment. It and was so, an amazing moment. And so it is very possible that we will come to the end of, of Ric Flair's retirement weekend. Nothing. You better, horrible, you better knock on some wood, no, son. I, my entire desk, <laughs> my entire desk is made of it. Nothing horrible <laughs> happens and Rick has a great time and everyone goes home happy. Let's, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm man. trying to manifest right yeah. now. Let's not. Let's hope nobody hits that self destruction button. Absolutely, right. absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. They beat up right. Ric Flair in a parking lot for the announcement video. He it didn't. It, he seemed fine. So like clearly, clearly Rick has been clearly, clearly Rick can take a beating right now. So I'm not as I'm not as worried as I was maybe a week ago. Nice, nice. G1 season. Let's go. Hell let's yeah. Let's go. Thirty two. Hell. We are in our first week. Little bit over. We've had all our first matches. The second, what this is the second round for everybody coming up here tomorrow. Today is Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I'm lost on my days right now. It's all becoming a blur. No, you're you're spot on. Keep going. <laughs> tomorrow is Saturday. Second rounds are are on the way. What are you guys' thoughts so far? I I like the new format. Is it too soon? I mean, here's the thing. I think it's 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 very early with this new format because it's like you said, we're a week in, but everyone's only had like one match. Whereas with the mm-hmm. old version of the G1 by now, you would have been like, well, these guys are atop of A block, these guys are atop of B block. Whereas right now, it's like some folks have a win, some folks don't have a win, and so I I don't have the narrative momentum to be like, here's where the G1's going. But I like the mat, like the matches have been fun. I like the the new structure. It's just, it's it's too soon for me to be like, oh, I've got, I've got so many ideas. I'm just, I'm just enjoying watching stuff like Goto get a crazy ass win over Naito. That was, that was nuts. That was a, a huge ass surprise to me. Uh, and I'm saying that as someone who likes Goto, who respects Goto, who's a fan of Goto, I didn't have him winning that match. And it's just, it's a little, it's, it's a nice little, it's a nice little surprise. Uh, you know who surprised me? I, I'm, I'm sort of surprised by this. I'm surprised that Shingo Takagi lost to Juice Robinson. That's a surprise to me because, I mean, I know that Juice, well, he he's supposed to vacate mm-hmm. the IWGP state championship, right? I, 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 he was supposed to, but he's still holding on to that. Mm-hmm. Shingo was a heavyweight champion not just not too long last summer world heavyweight champion last summer i was surprised but you know what 
but do you guys like Karen? I see you. I want to see fired up Karen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the format and it's interesting because I, like I said last time, it, this is very similar to how Noah does their N1 victory. And of course, this year, Noah decided to go to a two block format. So basically, New Japan and Noah flip flopped their block formats for their big summer tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I like the fact that it gives more unpredictability. And it's one of those things where, you know, like we've been talking about, you know, how Tanahashi's getting, he's at a certain age. He's, he's possibly breaking down. Naito's at a certain age. He's possibly breaking down. Shingo's the same age as Naito. So he's also in that tier where, yeah, he's been world champion, but he also has to start making, thinking about the company and making more other credible threats and champions. And Juice is a guy who right now, this new Juice, he has to win. He has to prove that he's more than who he was as a baby face. And he has to prove that he's worth a worth, you know, sacrificing everything he did to become a member of Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he he said that, you know, Jay White's the front guy and that, you know, he's okay being like, you know, the, the, the left hand of God, as it were in this case, where, you know, Jay's God and he's the yeah. left hand, but he needs to prove his worth. If Jay, if, uh, sorry, if Juice doesn't win right now, what's the point? Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, yeah, Shingo lost, but like we talked before, the opening of the G1 is where there's always surprise losses. Shingo losing was a surprise. Naito losing nice. was a surprise. Tanahashi losing. I expected it, but still, uh, for many people, a very big surprise. Um, and especially, uh, I think a, a good thing that Karen kind of brought up is that because they're, the wins and losses are, there's, you know, you don't have as many matches this year, those wins and losses mean a lot a lot mm-hmm. more like juice getting this win don't get me wrong beating a former world champion means a lot any other year but this year it means he's even like it it just holds that much more weight and he's also doing what will osprey didn't do last year because remember when will osprey was running around with the fugazi title belt and he was like i'm the real world champion but i'm not going to go to the g1 i'm not going to go hang out in japan i'm just going to run around north america beating up young lions and holding the belt juice is not doing that he's brought his belt to japan he's competing in the g1 he's beaten a former world champion like he I think he has even more to prove since he's decided to carry that belt around since he isn't doesn't want to uh, vacate it. He has to prove that not only is he worth, you know, joining Bullet Club, but he has to prove that Osprey wouldn't have beaten him had the, the situation been different. That right. Osprey had to beat Sonata, Osprey had to beat other people to to get that belt. And I, 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 I think the showdown between Juice and, and Will somewhere down the road is going to be real crazy just based on that kind of that kind of road he's got ahead of him that is a match i am looking forward to yeah um that's one of the ones absolutely not it not beating tanahashi like you said karen tanahashi you know he he he's doing his part he's doing his part it's a it's a good rub for for hinari you know absolutely definitely i mean you beat okada last year so it's it's that same thing Mm -hmm. gave you a good rub Gave me a good run. Now, Jeff Cobb. Oh, heartbreaking. Jeffrey. Solid, solid, you know. Hell of a match. It's great. Like, he continues to prove why, you know, they put so much stake in him. But, man, Okada. Okada's Okada this year. Definitely. Now, Jonah losing to, to Yano. 
I was a little, you know, Yana was like one of those, man, he, he just don't, he could go either route. Yeah. Are you surprised? No. But like, you know, but Jonah, he, he's, he's definitely uh, he's got really big monster energy mm-hmm. here. And, and I think he's been showing that a lot. And, mm, and he takes. I, um, I, can't, I, Jonah, I kind of. Jonah, I kind of have the problem that I have with David Finley right now Mm -hmm. of like, I thought they were going to have a different start to the tournament. There's still plenty of time for Jonah to come back. There's still time for Finley to come back. But like, especially since we're talking about the position Juice is in right now, it felt like this is Finley's chance to also prove that, hey, I was not the the second member of Finn Juice. You know, I was I was absolutely as much a part of those title victories as as Juice was. And so I, I kind of it. I feel like I feel like Finley is kind of like Yo right now, where I I need to see who he is post uh post tag team breakup. And right right now the the G one isn't giving me that opportunity. He's not. I'm not. I'm not there yet. You know. And and that's the, the, I think there's a problem there with with Finley is that he missed out a whole year in Japan, so you he couldn't build his credibility. Yeah. So when you come in, like Juice had already built up his credibility before, yep. you know, in the years coming, he's proved that plenty of times, but Finley didn't have that, that no. track record. I you think know? The har- so it hurts oh, him a lot. And I think, he, like you said, he's still got time. He's still got time in his G1 to build. This could be that place to build cred- credibility for sure. Karen, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, there was a lag. So I didn't realize that you're still talking. Um, I think Jonah and uh, Finley are going to be sat in that little boat with Sonata where they're going to they're gonna have a rough start, but they're hopefully going to pick it up near the end. I think for Finley, critical win for him is going to be beating Juice. If there is no other match that Finley needs to win in that block, it's against Juice. They're in the same block, right? Or are they in different blocks? I, yes, they're in the same block. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm pretty sure they're in the same block. One so time. I feel like, yeah. like that was no, the They are. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. Are. Yeah, they so yeah, are. so Finley, if Finley doesn't win any other match, he needs at least that win over Juice. Yep. Um, sure. Yano's going to Yano. I... I I figure that's how he's going to win a lot of his matches, especially with the monster block. Since he spent half of Jonah's match screaming, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Well, you know, and he, fi- he figured it out. He yeah. always does. Um, but it's one of those things where Finley has waited seven years to be in a G1. Because, and this is the hard, the hard thing is that they, they, you know, they always had Jay and Juice and Osprey, well, recently Osprey in the mm-hmm. G1. Finley's never been given that shot. Hanari is in the same boat. S- six years. He fi- like they, you know, it was the running joke. They were in the C block together. So they, they're finally getting that debutante entry. I just don't want them to walk out of this with like two points or four points. They, 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 they need, sorry, zero points or two points. They need at least four or yeah. tie up with everyone else who gets cut at six. Like it just, it just seems like, I know I, 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 I want to give everyone a gold star and tell everyone that they're doing great, but I feel like the company, again, they're already making me feel like they, they're going to lean towards their, the, the comfortable choices and the safe choices as opposed to taking chances. I, that's an interesting point. Cause like, I was about to bring up the fact that like 
Yano beating Jonah, I don't know how much sense it makes in the moment, but it makes a lot more sense when you remember that Yano's next opponent is Okada. And so, like, I feel like if, if Jonah had beaten Yano and proven that there's already a way around Yano, he doesn't go into that Okada match as the the, the dangerous threat to Okada that he is now. Because, like, now he could win by countout. He could win by whatever. Um, but it, it feels more about making sure that Okada's got someone real serious to be up against than it is about Yano and Jonah. You know what I mean? Jonah can pin him in a tag match somewhere down the line, I guess. But it, I, I'm just trying to trying to see the forest through the trees here. Well, you know, Yano did defeat Kazuchika Okada at Summer Struggle two years ago to become the first King of Pro Wrestling champion yep. by pinning Okada. Yep. So, it, I mean, Yano could stage the upset of the tournament and he could be the reason Okada doesn't go to the semifinals. It's very, it's very possible. I just don't have faith in Ghetto that he'll let his, his former cash cow and Okada take that, take that loss. We will, we will see, because it, it definitely feels, I, I, there's part of me that would agree with you, but now that Goto has beaten Naito, I feel a little more like, you know what, anything can happen, and I kind of feel like that's, that's, that's week one of the G, if, they, if that's how I feel after week one of the G1, they're doing their job right a little bit, because like, it's like I said, I don't know, the, I can't see the forest through the trees, which is going to make me that much more invested in trying to figure out what's going on over the co- course of the next, like, month however yeah we've got like a we got a full month of, of g1 still left to go uh yeah i know thomas shaking his head full, full just <laughs> under actually no i i will i will spare everyone the the stress we have just under a full month under just under just like four days under the g1 <laughs> but uh it definitely it, it it feels like it's going to be a slightly longer road because of this format because you don't end the night going all right here's how a block is shaped up you just know one result from a block and then one result from b block one result from and so on and so forth and so i think I think once everyone's used to that that kind of pacing it will it will feel a little different but for right now it's slow and steady winning that race hey thomas zach versus kenta was a hell of a match absolutely mm-hmm. just a damn fine just it was a journey it was like it was just, I, I don't know how to how to put it other than that like they they really just decided to to slap the hell out of each other until someone could get the submission in there um and of course, as Karen said, we'd be remiss. We didn't bring up the fact that you kicked that tree, that treasonous bastard Chase Owens ass all over, uh, I believe it was Sendai. So congratulations on your opening round win. First one down. Mm-hmm. How many more to go? You've got, I believe. Six five, more. Yeah, five, five, five more. Five four. more. You got six Maybe matches. You fight yourself, but five yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll win every time. Let's uh, go. Hell yeah. We uh, are past an hour. I know we, we're cutting it short here on the, on the G1 coverage. We, we kind of spent a little, a lot of time talking about AEW, but it was good. It was real good diving, uh, dive deep with that. But guys, we're wrapping it up here for, for the hour. We're going to keep you guys uh, updated and posted on the next time we're going to come, depending on my schedule here in Japan. Uh, I want to thank you, Ross, Karen. Great talks. Thank you to everybody on Twitch that joined us on the chat and uh, we will get back to you guys next time thank you for listening to this week's Thomas Island find more great Thomas Island content like the shotgun series weekly happy hour zoom course with Tama, video versions of the podcast and much much more at patreon.com 
forward slash Thomas Island and visit at Thomas Island on Instagram and Twitter. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.